0: And uh, you have your Bibles, and you're ready to start a new series with me this week that we've entitled, Walking in a Wisdom Wonderland. And uh, we wanted to do something new for the Christmas season. And uh, as a pastor, you know, Christmas comes every year, and for four Sundays, this is the first Sunday. In fact, uh, many churches will call this the first Sunday of Advent, the first Sunday of Christmas, or the coming of the Lord. And uh, I do attempt to uh, teach on Christmas themes or out of the Christmas passages during this season of the year. Um, You know, it's it's amazing what you can pull out of the birth passages in the Bible. But I will tell you this, after 26 years of preaching the gospel, it's challenging to find new nuggets of truth in Jesus' birth. But I do feel like the Lord has downloaded uh, some fresh things. I'm excited about it. I think you'll be excited about it. And uh, I want you to consider this. Guys, in just a moment, we're going to put up uh, the song that I want you to put on the screen overhead. In 1934, there was a songwriter by the name of Felix Bernard who wrote a song that has become famous with the Christmas season. It's called Winter Wonderland. And uh, if you're ready, why don't you go ahead and and punch the, the CD and the words to that. And let's just listen to the... Familiar holiday song, Winter Wonderland. Can you do that? Go guys. We got the new updated version. Felix didn't have a bass like that back in 1934. All right, here we go. Come on, you can sing. Are you listening? In the lane, the snow is glistening. Doesn't that make you feel like Christmas? A beautiful sight. We're happy tonight. We're walking in a winter wonderland. Gone away
1: is the blue bird he here to stay. stay is a new bird, he sings a love song as we go along,
0: walking, walking in a winter
1: wonderland, in the meadow we can build a snowman, and pretend he
0: is parson, that means a pastor by the way. That pastor's always trying to get you married. Later on, we'll conspire
1: as we dream yeah, by a fire to face i afraid the plans that we made walking in a winter wonderland
0: Okay, bring it down. Wolandn't that neat. You could How many of you could have done that with your eyes closed? Look at just about everybody. I have my own lyrics to this particular song. I don't conspire by the fireplace. I perspire by the fireplace. So, Walking in a winter wonderland. Well, I just wanted to spin off that and, and talk about walking in a wisdom wonderland. Because that song has to deal a lot with relationship. It has to deal with family. It has to deal with marriage. It has to deal with relationship. It has to deal with kids building snowmen. It's all about the Christmas season, and so I was thinking about that, as I mentioned last week, Trace had mentioned just putting a spin on that old song, and, and as I began to consider what the song was about and what some of the lessons the Christmas story teaches us, I thought, what better name for our series than Walking in a Wisdom Wonderland? How many of you could use a little wisdom? You know, the Bible says that above all the things you can seek, seek wisdom first. It's it's more valuable than rubies and gold. Do you understand? It's more valuable than your job, your bank account, your 401k. It's it's more important than anything else in your life is gaining wisdom. And so these next few weeks, we're going to talk about exactly that. And uh, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open it up to Matthew chapter 1, Matthew 1. And uh, I'm going to start, I've entitled this first lesson in our series, I Accept the Mandate. I Accept the Mandate. Guys, you may need to turn the transmitters off to the other microphones. I accept the mandate. Matthew 1, beginning with verse 18. Familiar Christmas story. Here we go. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. And again, I've entitled the lesson, I Accept the Mandate. Today, I'm going to be talking uh, primarily to the men. However, I am sure that what I want to share will be a blessing to the ladies as well. I want you all to know that while the men are being visited with this morning, ladies, I have you in my crosshairs next week. I even have something for the singles two weeks from today. In fact, for the singles and for the young people, uh, the Lord just really downloaded some things that I've never taught to those that were single, or, or the young people who are, are moving into young adulthood. So I'll have something for them, and then on the last Sunday we're going to talk about what it must have been like to parent the Son of God. Can you imagine parenting the Son of God? I know a few that feel like they parented the Antichrist, but, <laughs> but Joseph and Mary parented the Son of God. So we're going to talk about that as well, and I, I, we're going to laugh and have a good time But we're going to get some wisdom downloaded into our system. So today, guys, it's about you because I want to visit a little bit concerning Joseph. Joseph was the earthly father of Jesus. I guess you could almost say he was the adoptive father. There's not a lot mentioned in the Bible concerning Joseph. In fact, so little has been left to us that he's an easy figure to begin to overlook. However, as I began to think about Joseph, I thought that, truth be told, Joseph epitomizes, I think, the model of true spiritual headship of a marriage and of a family. Now, what is headship? Let me talk about this. Headship, I believe I put it on the screen overhead, is really another word for spiritual authority. Joseph was an example of how male leadership is to be exercised in a family and in a marriage. Now, unfortunately, there have been errors in most of our families that have caused incredible pain and incredible upheaval. Now, these errors are wide and varied, everything from men who refuse to take leadership in spiritual matters to men who are tyrannical and dictatorial, acting like headship means kingship, and those two are not to be confused. Of course, there's been errors with regards to the ladies as well. There are women who say they want their husbands to step up, but really they don't want it when they do it. And then there are ladies who would follow their husbands off a cliff, thinking the whole time that somehow they were being submitted to the authority that's before them. And we're going to move through this whole series, and hopefully by the time we're done, we'll be able to untangle some of these concepts in order that you can walk in uprightness, and, and, and biblically, truthfully, uh, before your God. So to begin this, I, I want to talk about walking in wisdom in this area by studying up on Joseph. Since, since God called Joseph, and he calls men, to exercise leadership in their relationships, then what better place to start than with all of the guys? Now, I want to say this as well, and let me just say it real quick. I, I can't spend much time on this. Authority and submission always work better when everybody's doing their part. If you've got a relationship and, and you've got both sides of the equation or both sides of the street doing what they're supposed to be doing, it's always a much better relationship. It's easier for men to give leadership when the wife is submitted. And it's easier for a wife to submit when the husband is loving and acting like Christ's Love the church. But the truth is, and this is what I always say whenever folks come in for counsel, I always say this. But truth is that for both husbands and wives, you're going to be judged on your actions alone. You can't come and sit down and say, Well, if he did, then I would. Or if she did, then I would. You can't come in and say, Well, Well, you know, they're only giving 50% of their energy to this relationship. Therefore, I don't see why I have to give but about 50% of my energy to the relationship. Can I just share this with everybody? When it comes to your relationship, it is the will of God and you're to give 100% to the will of God. So if someone's giving 10%, that doesn't mean you get to drop down to 10%. Everybody stands before God all by themselves and we can't look at the Lord one day and say, well, they only gave about 25% to this thing, so I didn't feel like I had to give anymore. And God will look you in the eyes and say, I always expected 100% obedience. Listen to me, guys. Yes, the ladies are to submit. and Do it with a good heart, 100%. But guys, you're to love and to function and to act like Jesus loved the church 100% as well. And it always works better when everybody's doing their part, amen? But we're all required to do what's asked of us. Now, I want to give just some traits here of what I would call true spiritual headship. Joseph, Joseph was offered the opportunity to be a part of God's redemptive purposes in the earth. Joseph was offered the opportunity to become a father to the very son of God. It was a mandate to do something incredibly selfless. And Joseph accepted the mandate. When God spoke to him about about dealing and working with Mary and this, this child that was conceived in her womb, he literally had options, but Joseph stepped up to the plate and Joseph said, I accept the mandate. And as best we know, he ran with it to the very end. Joseph made a conscious decision to embrace some things that separated him probably from what other men would have done at that exact same time. So I want to give you some traits. And and guys, I hope you at least take them to heart. Maybe even take a note or two. I know you'd impress your wife if you did that. But let's just talk a little bit about headship, all right? If we believe that, that God has created us spiritually equal... As genders, we are certainly spiritually equal. But if he has granted authority and leadership to men in order to provide some covering into their their life and situations, then let's talk this first lesson about what all that means. And let's talk about the traits of Joseph. Number one, headship involves more than conception. If you were to ask a hundred men what first comes to mind about fatherhood, I suspect a large majority would probably think conception. But don't mention that to Joseph. He didn't have that privilege. The Holy Spirit was the one who initiated this pregnancy in Mary who was his betrothed. Now, I don't make it a habit, nor should you, to watch all the crazy dysfunctional shows that are on television, especially in the afternoon through the week. I mean, if you want to see how dysfunctional life is, you, you only need about 60 seconds on Jerry Springer. Life is dysfunctional. There's one show, I think it's, it's the Mari show. I don't, Like I said, I'm just, I just, you just pick these things up on occasion. But apparently on this show, at least for this occasion, and maybe he does it all the time, but apparently what his angle is, is that he brings on mothers who have children and they're trying to figure out who the baby's dad is. Unfortunately, there's usually three, four, five, I've even heard he's had up to eight different DNA tests done trying to figure out some women's child's father. Now, isn't that encouraging? So he goes through this whole DNA testing routine, and once he gets the DNA test, usually they confront the gentleman and, and, and basically they ask him the question, will you be a father now to this child, now that we have DNA proof? Now I wish it were that simple. That you could just go on a show, be confronted, and all of a sudden you can come up and be a, a spiritual leader. Can I just say this? You can spread your DNA around all over town. Many do. That doesn't make you a man. It doesn't even make you a father. I understand that they'll say you're a father to kids, but you aren't a father. You're, you're what we call a sperm donor. So you need to understand that just because you can spread your DNA around all over town and just because you biologically work, it doesn't mean that you're a leader. Now, that should be painfully obvious in our culture. Now, I recently, all of you have heard my Pugan stories. I have a puppy named Pugan. And for the last 10 days, bless Pugin's heart, Pugin got neutered. If your kids don't understand what that is, ask mom and dad when they go home. and we'll let, but, but Pugin had to go to the doctor, and he came home, and he had this big cone on his head. It's the cone of shame, we've called it. Now, you've got to understand why we do that. It's because Pugin, in his zeal, being a male dog... If you were to let him loose, or if he were to get loose, he would look around, and whatever happened to walk his direction, he would fertilize. And so what you do is you get your animals spayed or neutered in order to help Stop that happening from taking place. Now, here's the important part that I really... I'm trying to get to this. It's a a very important biological lesson. For Pugin, that is instinct, not leadership. Are you following me? I mean, he's just doing what dogs do. That's instinctual. That's biology. It's not authority. You see, before Joseph got the benefits of being married, which, by the way... The benefits of being married is sex. That is such revelation in the earth. Sex doesn't happen before you're married. So before Joseph got the benefits of being married, which is sex, he had to make the decision up front to step up into responsible leadership. Isn't that interesting? He had to be a leader before he got the fringe benefits. The problem with our culture is everybody's getting the fringe benefits, but ain't nobody giving leadership to it. We are not barnyard animals, gentlemen. We are not like dogs who walk around simply seeing what's the next thing we spread our DNA around with. I'm telling you guys, I will assure you, this is a biological fact. I've asked doctors. I know this to be true. You will not explode after 48 hours. I know that to be true. Headship involves more than just conception. Authority involves more than just the fact you a guy. All right? That's number one. Number two, the trait of Joseph. Number two, he had a reputation for being upright. Every effective leader derives his authority from a moral position. Now, listen to me, guys. Your wife or your kids may follow you because they have to. You make the money, you pay the bills, there's a sense of security that comes with hanging around you. But I can assure you that there are probably folks in the room that if the have-to was gone, they might not. It's like obeying your boss because he signs the checks. The minute the boss quits signing the checks, we don't want to work for him anymore. We're out of there in a bootlegger second. You see, we... We want, we want some benefits, true, but the truth of the matter is real leadership stems from moral leadership. Joseph was known as an upright man in the community and he kept himself pure, the Bible says, with his betrothed wife. In other words, he went ahead and married her, but he didn't have a relationship with her until after even Jesus was born. That gave him authority. It gave him authority in the community. It gave him authority in his relationship with Mary and how he handled Mary. And it was out of that that his leadership began to spring. Now I'm going to share this, I'm going to share it very sensitively because I understand it affects our state at a very sensitive level and it's turned into a political hot potato. But we all know what happened to our governor. Governor Sanford, unfortunately, months ago, decided he was going to step out and have a liaison with a mistress in South America. And we have to understand he is the governor. Yes, he's the governor. Yes, he has the title. Yes, he's in authority. But can I just share this with you? And I'd say it to his face if I were to greet him. I would respect him and honor him because he's the governor. But he's hard to follow because he's morally compromised. I don't care what your political opinion is. I'm not saying whether he should resign or not resign. I I don't even know that that's my issue. My issue is it's still difficult to follow someone that's compromised. You're saying to yourself, why should I go to battle with somebody who's left their post? That's how we all feel at some level. So dads, gentlemen, I want to ask you this question. Are you compromised? It's hard to follow you when you don't have the computer controlled at home. It's hard to follow you when you're unethical. It's hard to follow you when when your mouth just needs a muzzle. No one wants to follow a self-consumed, selfish jerk Who goes out into the world and he fakes it with everyone else. But when he gets back into the house, everyone there knows the truth. Leadership starts in the home. And you may have the title of dad. You may be able to procreate. But if you don't have the mandate to lead, ain't nobody really going to follow you anywhere. So so Joseph had a reputation for being upright. Number three. He exercised self-control in his emotions. Exercised self-control in his emotions. I started to think about what the average guy would do when he found out his fiance came up pregnant and it wasn't his. I mean, what would you do? Your fiance comes up pregnant and she says, but it's not you. It's the Holy Ghost. Hmm. The Holy Ghost. Wow. Now, I think as a guy... I can give a general opinion as to what I think most guys would do. I think we'd be just not, I don't want any part of that. You know what I've seen just through the years? Again, I'm just making some general statements. I think women, for some reason, and I'll give them credit at this point, I think women have had, through the years, a greater capacity to forgive their spouse's moral failure than um, men have towards women. I, I, I think the ladies have, I don't, I, I know you've been burned, you've been betrayed, it's not right, but just watching through the years, it seems as if the women have the greater capacity to forgive and to try to repair it and to go on. It seems like guys, as soon as their women get tainted, they're out of there, man. Men, men are very strange about this. They don't, they don't want other men sniffing around their women, they just don't. They don't want that. But Joseph, he didn't get angry. He didn't want to embarrass Mary. I mean, you want to talk about love covers. Joseph covered this situation with righteousness and compassion. And can I just say this? There's a difference between being a covering and producing a cover-up. A cover-up is when you're trying to hide things from coming under the light so it can be healed and made whole or whatever the case may be. He's bringing covering to a situation that he became the target from what all the people would be saying in the town of Nazareth. Can you imagine what they were saying in Nazareth? I mean, we know what they said about Jesus when he was on the earth. Can you imagine your unwed daughter and your yet to be wedded wife, comes up pregnant, could you even begin to fathom the, the chirping that was going on in Nazareth at that particular time? But Joseph steps in and he brings a covering to it. And he exercised self-control in his emotions. Everybody else was yakking away, but not Joseph. Joseph had the capacity to be a covering. You know, the greatest issue, gentlemen, for most of us, and I've listened to you and been to encounters, the greatest issue for men, I think, is anger. And anger is derived from several different locations, and we, we can get to the root of it. But most of us, we're just angry about life. Maybe it's because we're out there, and we're having, we're having to face the world, usually on an ongoing basis. And we face unfairness, and we face injustice, and we didn't get the raise, and we didn't get the promotion, and, and, and people are acting bad. And we're out there on the front line, and maybe that's why we have such an issue with, with anger but can I share this with you? It is very hard to follow a person who is a ticking time bomb. Guys, listen to me. Nobody wants to follow somebody that, that is like a volcano ready to erupt at any particular moment. It's hard, it's hard for children, it's hard for wives to sit down and get counsel from someone who you aren't really sure is going to erupt at that moment. In fact, it's just better not even to deal with the eruption. And so I think headship really is derived from an ability to exercise some self-control in the inner man and in your emotions. Number four, Joseph had the ability to hear the voice of God and lead his family that direction. Joseph could hear the voice of God and he could lead his family in that direction. Joseph was able to hear God's voice and know what to do because he could hear God's voice. I want to ask guys, when was the last time you, you heard the voice of the Lord? Have you ever heard the voice of the Lord? Do you want to hear the voice of the Lord? Do you know what it sounds like? Would you know if God was speaking to you in a dream when you got up in the morning? You see, to be the leader means that at some level, you have to be attuned to the voice of the Lord. You have to have a track record of hearing God because if all of a sudden you're going to wake up one day and look at your wife and your new baby and look at them and say, God said we're to go to Egypt. Can you imagine the trust that Mary would have had to have had at that particular moment to realize she was going to to pick up everything she knew and follow her husband off to Egypt because he said God spoke to him? It's kind of an amazing thing when you think about it. The sad truth is that most spiritual hearing comes from the women. And that's not bad. In fact, sometimes it's great because they have a perspective and they can hear in a way sometimes we can't. And they should have some input into the relationship. And we should listen to what they have to say. But you know what? I'm just simply suggesting that they're not the only ones that can hear for the family. How can we lead and not hear from God? And who would want to follow us? When our own opinions and our self-counsel has gotten us into so many messes, do you not think that your whole family would go, I ain't going that direction. We've been there, gone off that cliff. We ain't doing that again. So you've got to begin to build the track record of this is the heart of God. This is the word of the Lord. My fear is that most families would faint if dad came home and said, I've heard from God. And this is what I feel like he's saying to us as a family. Everybody would probably go, But that's what spiritual leadership is all about. It's not just you coming home, kicking your shoes off, sitting in the lazy boy, saying, bring me my Pepsi. Bring me my chips. Give me my remote control. When's dinner? I'm the head. woo dee doo No, you're not. No, you're not. They won't say it because they don't want Mount Saint Dad to blow up. I'll say it to you. It's a jerk. number five i'll just move on that one i could feel i could feel the love (laughs) number five joseph sacrificed for his family's future now remember the men are going i know i'm gonna get beat up today i'm hey the wives are in my crosshair next week make sure you get them here all right number five they we find that joseph sacrificed for his family's future joseph would eventually have to leave home I want you to again think about this. I was just thinking about Joseph. He had to leave home and he had to sacrifice his carpentry career to get his son and wife to Egypt to avoid Herod's sword. Now think about this. He left a prospering carpentry business to make sure his family was in order and protected. Can I just share with you what authority really is all about? Authority isn't just who's at the top of the heap. Authority sacrifices for what he's responsible for. This isn't about everyone bowing to the king. It's about the head sacrificing for the family. You see, I I can tell you, I've not been a perfect father, and, and I don't want to in any way give off the vibe that somehow I've been perfect at this, or we'll have Trace come up and testify, and she will share with you those moments that I have been less than perfect. As a matter of fact, to be candid with you, it's only been the last few years that I've even really done what I've needed to do. There have been a lot of years. You say, you're a pastor. Well, you're a Christian. Come on, this is just guy talk now. See, there are sacrifices we have to make. When my my children were born, there were sacrifices that had to be made just to bring them into the world. And by the way, I might just share this with you. I... You know why God says that it's His will to have children? God's will is for His people to have kids. And the reason that is so is because there is no other way that He will be able to work the selfishness out of you, really, until you have kids. I mean, kids will cause you to be selfless, or else it just it will not work right. And so when all of my children came along, there were sacrifices that had to be made. I'm not begrudging these sacrifices. Maybe at the time I was, but now as I look back, I'm I'm most happy that I have done that. I remember when Clay came along, I had to sell a 1980 Formula Firebird, bronze, two scoops, 400 cubic inches. It got me three tickets in the span of 30 days. Yeah, it was Trace. Trace wanted my, my Oldsmobile that I had at the time, and so we switched out cars. It was it was a cool ride. Remember the old T-tops? I mean, just a cool car. But you know what? I I needed to raise up my son, not my Firebird. I never forgot when Tyler came along. At that time, I had a Mercury marquee. And I had to sell my Mercury Marquee. I know it was kind of like a preacher's car, but I still, it was a nice vehicle, and I still had to sell. And what did you get for it? I got a minivan. Hallelujah. Because you know, a minivan is what every man wants. You know what I'm talking about? Get those rims on that minivan. Raised white-letter tires. Jack up the back. It had 212 cubic inches of raw power. But I had to get Tyler home from the hospital with clay in the car as well. Kaylin comes along, and by that time, you know the, the the boys had gotten older, and so we had accrued a little bit more, and, and, and I had to sell a jet ski. I mean, it was a it was. I realize there are better ones now, but at the time, it was a nice jet ski. And I told Kaylin I couldn't get her home from the hospital until I paid her off, and had to sell the jet ski. The jet ski. Kalen doesn't swim as fast as a jet ski. Now listen to me. All of these things were immensely fun. They were meticulously maintained. Now, you know, I have vehicles with a hundred thousand miles on them. Juice stains on the seats. M&Ms ground into the carpet. Tissues jammed into the sides of the door. Cheerios between the seats. French fries. Anybody ever know French fries between the seats? Nothing will cause me to seek God more than French fries between my seats. And, 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 and and I, and I drive, it's like I drive this Coke stained, juice stained SUV. But can I share this with you? My life has improved despite the juice stains. I have more blessings from those three kids than any jet ski, Formula Firebird, or Mercury Marquis. I wouldn't trade a one of them for one of those vehicles. It's more important to raise a, a generation than it is to have a clean car. Some of us are worried about keeping our beamers clean and our sports cars cleaned and this, that, and the other clean and we're missing the point, guys. I want my kids to go to schools that are the best for them. I sacrifice for them to go farther. I mean, I want them to eclipse me. That's what, that's what authority is. Authority is wanting children to eclipse you. Jesus, who is the greatest authority of all, said, the works that I do, you shall do. And what? Greater works than these. Jesus wanted his people to even eclipse him. I know dads that won't lift a finger to help their kids go forward. They sit around and they go, oh, well, bless God, my dad didn't help me. And it made me what I am today. We know. We, 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 we all see that. See, we've, we've got to begin to sacrifice for their future. That's what this is about. We have a generation who thinks it's all about them. It's not all about you. It's, it's all about God's will and God's purposes. Number six, Joseph was willing to serve his family's destiny. Joseph, I just, these are things I was just thinking. Joseph didn't even get to name his son. Can you imagine that, guys? You get a baby, it wasn't yours to begin with, and you don't even get to name it. And in the Hebrew mentality, the name was important. Because the name, at some level, prophetically began to describe the destiny of that child. And Joseph didn't even get a chance to name his son, or even to plan for his future that was settled already for them. In fact, think about this, guys. You've heard of the old saying, like father, like son? For Joseph, it would be like son, like father. I don't know if you've ever thought of that before. You see, Joseph had to decrease so his son could increase. You see, most men think family is around them to help them get to the top. That couldn't be further from the truth. Our job as head is to help them succeed in their destiny. Do you get that? We're to help them succeed, not just in what they want, but what does God want? What is God saying here? What is the will of God in this regard? And as my children have come and said, I believe this to be the will of God, and as we've prayed and we've considered the will of God, I'd do whatever I could to keep them and foster the will of God in their life. I'll just tell you right now, years ago, you all know the story. But but there was a place that I ministered now some years ago that didn't think women could be in the ministry. And of all the issues that we faced and we discussed, I came up with this one along the various reasons why that wasn't going to work. Because if my daughter came up to me and said, I feel like I'm called to go into the ministry... And I'm called to follow God. And I'm, I'm called to, to share and to speak. Let me tell you something. Nobody's going to stop the family destiny. Yeah, but that just isn't how it works. Well, then I guess we're not going to work. Because that's what we have to sacrifice for. We've got to begin to understand that the, the family has greater purposes than just you. And we've got to serve the family destiny. And then finally, number seven Joseph laid down his life for those he led. Somewhere in the Joseph story, we no longer hear his name. I don't know how Joseph died. Nobody's quite sure where he goes to. We assume that he did die. We don't know where. We don't know when. We don't know how. But Joseph just all of a sudden leaves the scene. He, he fades away into what we might almost call obscurity. And he fades away into this obscurity in order that the greater story can begin to arise from all of this. You see, he laid down his life. I mean, I I, I could I could talk about perhaps he was killed, perhaps perhaps he died suddenly. We, We don't know. But I know that he laid down his life. In order that those in his house could step up to the plate, I'll never forget Captain Sullenberger, the the pilot who landed that plane out of New York on the Hudson River. And as the story is told, as he landed on the river and as he helped facilitate, along with the other crew members, everyone out of that airplane, of which no lives were lost, that as he got down to the end, there was one gentleman left, and that gentleman looked at Captain Sullenberger, and he said, you go ahead. And and Captain Sullenberger, the pilot, looked at him, and he said, no, I am the last one out of the plane. Guys, that's authority. We're the last ones out of the plane. We're the ones that will lay our life down. That should be the credo and motto of every man in this room. My family gets out of the burning house first. They get on the life rafts first. I'll go down with the ship. But the family and those that I give authority to, they're the ones that need to go forward. And I, like many of you gentlemen, have had my moments of failure, believe me. Perfection is not the goal. Pursuit has always been the goal. Do you want to be a credible spiritual leader? Will you accept the mandate that Joseph accepted? And can I just say that men are wired, of course, differently than the females. I understand we're wired to achieve things. We're wired to reach goals. We're wired to aspire. We all have aspirations like any other man in the room. We want to aspire to to greater paydays. We want to aspire to to, to greater positions. We want to aspire to greater uh, uh, influence. And, And this is any normal man wants these things. There are things that I'd like to accomplish. There are things that I aspire to. My veins run like any other man's veins Run. There are positions that I would like to sometime be a part of. There is influence that I would like to have at one place or another. But sometimes my desire for those things makes me forget what is really important. Like I said, I haven't been perfect, but I've got enough years and mileage on this old frame to let you know that these are the things that must take place if we're going to be successful as spiritual leaders. Can I just share with you that that now that I have sort of eclipsed and I've gotten into the second half of my life, I started to think about what were some of the greatest moments of my first 50 years. I started just reviewing in my mind, if someone were to ask me, what were the, what were the highlights of those 50 years? And you know what? I, I could tell you that there had been moments that I got to speak to thousands because I have been able, in the first 50 years, on a number of occasions, speak to thousands of people. I've been able to interact and rub shoulders with some fairly well to do and influential and notable people. I could go through all the different goals that were achieved and uh, levels that that I've aspired to and and yet I started to think about the things that that have really resonated the most inside of me. And can I just share this with you that 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 the things I remember the most right now no lying no no preaching this is just real stuff, the greatest moments in my life have been moments like my wife coming up to me and saying, you're a good guy. Not because she had to, but because she just wanted to. I'll never forget in one of the greatest, most difficult, struggling times of my life when my oldest son came to me and he looked me in the eye at a moment when it seemed like everything was being taken away. I'll never forget my oldest son looking me in the eye and said, Dad, I respect you and I will follow you anywhere. That, that's, worth, that's worth thousands of dollars. Millions of dollars in honorarium. I'll never forget both my son Tyler and, and Kalen. They both have taken the time through the years to scratch out notes on cards Even one time on a piece of notebook paper. And me reading it. And just listening to what they had to say. Not because they had to, but because they just wanted to. And all of these people, my family especially, that's around me. Let me tell you, they they know me like I really am. Let me tell you something. You know me as pastor. They know me as like dad. And I will guarantee you, they know things that they could escalate their allowance into the stratosphere to be paid off, to not let anyone else. They know my faults. They know me all too personally. But their respect is worth more than that firebird. Their respect is worth more than a larger ministry. Their respect is worth more than a published book. And as I began to think about that, I thought to myself, yes, for me, I will accept that mandate. I'll accept the mandate. Because this world is is groaning and crying out for men to be leaders. Listen to me. Guys, listen to me. The big sports stars, there are a few that break the mold, but the few sports stars that make a gajillion dollars and they sleep with any skirt that walks by They may get the adoration of the crowds and the groupies and it may look great, but I'll assure you when life's all said and done, I don't know, I I, I can't tell you who the most valuable player in the NBA was in 1972, can you? I don't know. I, I, I don't know, I don't know who wins World Series and Super Bowls all through the years. I might be able to pull a year or two out because it's so close in its distance, but I can assure you, guys... That there's a moment when all of that fades away. And the only thing that's left, the only thing that's left is the memory of who you were in people's lives. Do you understand that your legacy isn't your bank accounts that you'll leave behind? Your legacy is not your houses that you'll leave behind. Your legacy is not your vehicles that you'll leave behind. Your legacy is the memories that your wives and your children and your grandchildren will think back one day and say, I remember when. That will be our legacy, and that is authority, and that is real leadership. And my question, guys, to you this morning, and, and don't, don't even think I'm hammering you. I'm just saying the world, the world doesn't need another Donald Trump. Please spare us. The world doesn't need these goofy people on reality shows. The world doesn't need another John and Kate. The world doesn't need the real housewives of whatever city. It's amazing how similar they are in every city. Oh, yeah. Oh, if I could only... No. that's there 15 minutes. And it's over. I'm asking guys to live for decades. Beyond your life. In the memory of those who love you. And you should love them. And so my question, guys, is this. Will you accept that mandate? I've been praying, and I believe 2010 will be my year. But I'm believing, I'm believing for a hundred guys, a hundred spiritual leaders... I guess I guess if I don't speak it, I'll never have it. I speak it to the guys, but now I'm going to speak it to the body. You can pray with me and agree with me. Amen? A hundred spiritual leaders. A hundred men who will leave a legacy. A hundred men who will be like Joseph. A hundred men who will do what's right, whether or not it gets them to the top or not. Whose list do you want to be at the top at anyway? I want to be on God's list, don't you? I thought you saved this for Father's Day. Nope. Get you at Christmas. Because it's, let me tell you, talk about walking in a wisdom wonderland. The wisest thing you'll do is to have ears to hear right now. Would you stand with me, please? Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, I. Come to you right now, and I ask that you would move amongst us as a people. And I especially pray for the men in this room. Lord, I know many of them are working hard. Lord, we want to affirm the things that need to be affirmed in their life. They, they usually are the primary breadwinners. They usually are the ones that are out on the front line of the workaday world. And I know that isn't always easy. Lord, I pray somehow your Holy Spirit would work inside of each man this morning. For Lord, you know my intent. It wasn't just to hammer the guys, but Lord, my intent was, was to call them to the place that really you're leading them and bringing them. Lord, would You would you put inside of each one a hunger, a desire to be a spiritual leader? Lord, I thank you for the women through the years that have been faithful and true and have stood and have prayed for their families and have basically carried the spiritual ball. I know, Lord, in my own household that my wife has been one of the greatest forces for good in our kids' lives and in our family's life. And, Lord, I don't know where I'd be had it not been for her input and, and, and her helpmate capacities in my life and in this family's life. Lord, so... So, Lord, I thank you for that. But, Lord, truth of the matter is you've designed men to step up and to give leadership like Jesus would want to lead his church. That you would want us to step up like Joseph did when so many things seemed to be out of order that he could step in. And because of his life, he could put order. Even though it was a God situation, Lord, it was just an unusual situation. Lord, may there be men right now who hear my voice and out of that somehow hear your voice. That they'd step up and accept the mandate. I'm praying right now, Lord, that somehow this, this CD or this iPod message would get out to men, maybe that weren't here, that it would get out to men that may need to hear it, Lord, that somehow or another it could be used during this Christmas season for the men to just step up and to begin to exercise good godly leadership I just want every head bowed and every eye closed I'm not going to put you on the spot I I know how guys work and I know right now (laughs) I I, I know the ladies are probably going yeah give an invitation pastor get the guys down listen I know how guys work And and I'll be the first one to say that probably there are guys that need to step out and just say, I'm making this public commitment. But I know for many, I know for many how pride is such an awesome thing in their life. And I'm not capitulating to your pride because, because truth of the matter is right now some of that needs to break and you need to humble yourself. And one of the greatest things you could do would be to humble yourself before maybe your wife and your family. Probably the greatest thing you could do is to leave church today and go get your lunch and sometime through the afternoon just walk up to maybe your wife, maybe the whole family just say, you know what, I'm sorry for the way leadership has taken place out of my life. I'm really, I'm sorry about it and I'm going to do my best to make changes. Would you pray for me that I can make the changes that need to happen in this household? See, not, I won't put you on the spot publicly, but I, I'm just going to suggest that your altar call probably needs to be that. Just to gather up, gather up the household and just say, you know, I've, I've failed and I'm not perfect. I want to make changes. With God's help, I'm going to. With every head bowed and every eye closed. My eyes are the only ones that are open right now, and I mean it, every head bowed, every eye closed. talking to guys if, if there's if there's a man right now that would just right where you're at you can do it in such a way just lift your hand to god and just say, pray for courage in my life that i would do this pray for courage in my life praise god for you guys thank you oh hands all over you can put your hands down now lord i thank you for the men that said i, I need some courage to be and do exactly that right now Lord, help the ladies to know that that, that it's not that they're all that either. We need help in all of our households, men and women, kids, all of us, singles too. Lord, help us in this Christmas time period, Lord, to uh, put everything in proper order so that as we go into a new year, Lord, it will be a fresh start. Lord, I speak more courage into these men right now. I speak courage into them in Jesus' name. Lord, I speak courage into some men that maybe didn't even feel like I could do that. But Lord, if they would take the step, that they would take the step and just begin, Lord, to step into leadership like Joseph. Holy Spirit, I'm just giving you time to work on hearts right now. Can we open our hearts right now, all of us? Men, women, young people, all of us, open up our hearts. I'm talking to some of you young men. Young men, teenagers, guys, get a hold of this right now. Don't just be DNA spreaders. Come on, be a man. Be be a real leader. Be a spiritual leader. talking to to ladies right now and and some of you who are married right now you need to begin to pray and intercede right now don't go home and hound your husband go home and and at some point you can find an alone time and you can just pray you know what I I can tell you right now that Tracy's prayed for me and that has probably God has clubbed me more than Tracy ever could why don't you get it in the hands of God and just begin to be a relentless interceder for your husband talking to singles today. Let me tell you something. Make sure make sure whenever the time comes and whether it's God bringing you a man or whether it's God bringing you a woman, you need to make sure that they're who they need to be in Jesus. You'll be glad you did. Let's all together. Let's begin to pray now for our families. Father, I just pray for these last few moments for our families particularly in this church, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen them, that, Lord, you would begin to put order into households, that, Lord, you would begin to just move, yes, with great grace and mercy, but, Lord, also with just tenacity that we would not let another year escape us, that we would not, before you, make the commitments and then, along with that faith declaration, begin to put in place the acts which will cause your blessing to flow into our midst. Lord, I pray for the men for ears to hear and eyes to see. I pray that there would be a spiritual sensitivity. Lord, for them to want. Lord, to lay their lives down. Lord, for their families and their households, that, Lord, they would become stepping stones for the next generation instead of becoming rocks of offense. Do it, Lord, I pray. Do it, Lord, I pray. Holy Spirit, do your work right now. Come on, let him work on He's working on hearts, he's softening hearts. Where the Spirit. Where the
1: Spirit of. Thank yeah.
0: before you leave this morning can I just share this one last thing I'm convinced that revival the next revival God willing when it starts it's going to have to come through the men I think the ladies would have had revival decades ago but I think the key to revival is the men the key to revival is the men and I guess the question I want to leave us guys Because I'm going to leave us and I'm going to have to go to the the moms and and the women. I'm going to go to the teens and the kids and the parents and the singles. So we're going to be moving on. But guys, before we go this morning, could God entrust the greatest move of God that the world had ever known? Do you get that? The greatest gift, the greatest move that God would have ever done in the world is when he sent his son Jesus, right? And he entrusted it to a guy like Joseph. Yes, Mary played a critical role in this, no doubt. But he had to trust the man in this as well. And my question has always been as a a guy, Lord, if you wanted to to bring your presence to the earth, if you wanted to send revival, if you wanted to do that, could I be trusted with it? I want to be trusted with it. But my want to has to translate into doing. Could he trust you? Come on, could he trust us? Could he trust us, God? So we're going to worship God here. Don't worry about the sounds. It's just the sound of the Lord movement. Come on, don't, don't, don't get these anesthetized services. If you want something numb and dead, I can send you downtown and, and give you about 20 locations you can go. But if you want to hear the sounds of renewal and the sounds of revival and the sounds of repentance, you've come to the right place. Because I want God to be able to trust me. If He sent revival to Charleston, guys, could He trust us with it? Could He trust us with it, guys? I want to be trusted with it. I believe that there... Is the remnant here that really wants that? I don't know the number the Lord has in mind, but I know He wants you to be a part of that number. It can start today. It starts with you saying, I want that for me. I want, if God sent renewal into the earth and it started in Charleston, South Carolina, I want it to be known that I want to be trusted as a carrier of that. I don't want to be a reproach to it. I don't want to be a hypocrite in it. I don't want to be inconsistent. I don't want my parent, uh, my my family or my parents or my in-laws, I don't want people to look at me and say, well, I know how he is in public, but I also know how he is behind the scenes. I want to be trusted with, with God's purposes in the earth. How about it, guys? We're going to sing. The wells are open to worship. Just make commitments if you'd like to. If you want to stay where you're at, there's no judgment that's going to be heaped upon you. But I'm telling you, I'm going. I'm going for it all. In Jesus' name, let's begin. Let's begin to sing and lift up our voices. There's freedom. Yeah. when it works in the house. Revival is when it begins to work in the workplace. I'm I'm grateful for good services. I'm grateful for what we enjoy on Sunday. But revival is when it still works Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Pour it on us, O God. Pour it in us. Lord, one more time, one last time, I just speak into men's spirits right now. I declare that there is a leader in you. I declare that there is a spiritual giant in you. There is a Joseph that needs to come forth in the name of Jesus. I speak that into you. I break the thought that it's hard. It's not hard. It's as easy as thinking about your hobby or your next work assignment. Come on, you're you're raising up Joseph, oh God. The spirit of Joseph is coming upon us to bring covering, to bring leadership, to capture the voice of God, to become stepping stones to look a world right between the eyes and say, that's not a man. That is not a man. This is what real men do. Let it begin in us, O God. Let us not be swayed this way or that way. Let us not be moved by our friends and our peers. But Lord, we will stand in this thing. Lord, I thank you because I believe you're creating a wine skin that will hold the presence of God. You will hold. Listen to me, guys. You will hold revival. You will hold renewal. Say, I'm not perfect. Well, join the I'm not perfect club with me. But we're in pursuit. We are in pursuit. going to leave this room different today. I'm going to cut you loose here in about 60 seconds, but you're going to leave different today. This is a different trip to the altar. This is a different commitment that you've made out there in your seats. This is a different time that you raised your hand. This is different. Transformation is coming. Lord, I thank you for that taking place in the lives of these men. Lord, for the years that the ladies have done so well and continue to do well. Lord, now I'm praying that the men shall arise. Iron men shall arise. Iron men. Ah. Don't you let Nazareth... Don't you let Nazareth convince you otherwise. Don't you let Herod's sword convince you otherwise. You're an iron man. So Lord, I thank you right now. Thank you right now for what you've done I, I just, I feel like this is part one. I mean, really, I believe something's going on. Part one. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be wild if God decided during the Christmas season when everyone else is sort of checking out and focusing on everything else that he decides to just powerfully move amongst us what could be better in the midst of a season where we celebrate the coming of the Lord that his presence comes in a unique and incredibly special way Lord help us not to be distracted but Lord, let us keep our focus Lord, Lord, let the love of God Just begin to be shed abroad Into each one of these lives In this room I thank you for this Men, this group of men I thank you for this church I thank you for the love of God The presence of God that is in this place And that Lord, there are some serious Serious people About their walk with you Lord, that is more precious to me Lord, I, I don't want I mean this, hear me Spare me 10,000, but give me these who just want everything God has. And Lord, I treasure them as a pastor. I treasure them, Lord, as the people of God, your sheep. Lord, now bless them, I pray. Cause them to just grow and, and prosper in what you're doing in all of their lives. Lord, There, we don't heap judgment upon them, but Lord, we heap praise upon them. Lord, we heap respect upon them. There are men that are going to do mighty things for you. And Lord, we honor you in all these things as we go our separate ways. In Jesus' name, can you say amen? Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together, guys. I love you. I appreciate you. All of you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hey, don't forget this week, Connect Group, be at your Connect Group as well, or get the schedules for what's going on the Christmas season. Wednesday night, midweek, we'll be doing it. And then we'll look forward to seeing you all next Sunday. God bless you. It's going to be a great month.